All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, hi there. It is podcast time. Jerry Recco is in East Lansing, Michigan, which sounds like a disaster. So Eddie Scazzeri joins me for the post-game podcast hello podcast people hello eddie scazzeri one of the things that popped up on today's program was uh we were talking about to send it you know going into locker rooms and geo talked about sending an intern to ask james harrison uh, some questions in pittsburgh and uh, i had to you know talked about my warren sap experience but it really brought me into thinking about kind of fake radio and when radio hosts do bits that the audience doesn't know are bits and i always until i started working with ron and fez in 2001 i always assumed everything that i heard on the radio was real yeah and most of our listeners i would say are in the same boat yeah and when we started doing some some setup bits on ron and fez I started thinking about all my radio listening experiences, like all those years of listening to Howard Stern. Was all of that real or was some of that set up and not real acting, if you will? I I would think that some of it just had to be. That's what I think. And then I was wondering, like, so your experience in radio has all been at WFAN. Right. Did you ever... Did you ever see anything like that Mike and the Mad Dog did that's, or, or Steve Summers that was more theater of the mind than reality, or did that not really fit in with sports talk? Well, with uh, Summers, especially yeah. on the overnight, there was a lot of the theater of the mind. In now, what way? Like, what did he do? Well, he would just go off on these, like, or he and I would get into these discussions that we presented as if it was real but it really wasn't now it wasn't extreme or anything that you know people would be affected by but it was just like little little stories little vignettes that were sort of not really thought out made up but sort of on the spot made up Mm -hmm. um but uh but it wasn't anything that theatrical yeah and mike and dog it really they were really you know nuts and bolts and and sports talk and when they did vary off into things, it was genuinely, I would say, 99% uh, genuine and real. Hmm. And then, yeah. you know, sometimes with, with uh, Boomer and Carton, to peek behind the veil for a second, there were some of those things that were, were set up. Right. Some famous <laughs> things uh, that perhaps people would be shocked to know that were, were set up. And it's interesting, like, when it's done well, like, I think people think, you know, when you watch a movie uh, or a TV show, you uh, you know those are actors. Mm-hmm. But radio is such an intimate 
medium that, and then it's so long, it's four hours a day, every day. And then people are using their real names and all these things and tell, talking about their real experiences that you, it just feels like everything is real. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, I, I'm okay with it if it's sort of where, you know, most people will kind of, you know, understand that it's a bit, or if it's just totally, you know, harmless and you're not yeah. going to affect people. But I, I am not a fan of the elaborate kind of setup for it right. for a fake thing. I, I just don't like it. Yeah. And some people are not good at it. You yeah, know, that that also ruins it. And some people oversell it, and when you oversell it, then it feels fake. But the thing that happened, and and why I started thinking about this was my my story about Warren Sapp being angry at me in the locker room. The setup to that was that Warren Sapp was on that Buccaneer team with Trent Dilfer at quarterback. They were not a good offensive team, but they were such a dominant defensive team, right? They had Sapp, they had Derek Brooks, they had John Lynch, Simeon Rice. Like they, they were just a dominant. That Rondé Barber, you know, they had they were an incredible defensive team. Uh, hi, Whimsy. Yeah, Whimsy's like ten o'clock. Let's roll. And, but their offense was so bad. And this show that Warren Sapp used to call into all the time, the Bubba the Love Sponge show. He was like a, he was very big personality at the time in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And while they didn't do it when Warren Sapp would call in, Warren Sapp called in and acted like he was buddies with this guy and I think used to hang out with him. But other times on the show, Bubba the Love Sponge used to call Trent Dilfer's phone. It would go to voicemail, and you heard Trent Dilfer say, you reach Trent, leave my number, number, da-da-da. And they would leave these nasty messages. Little did I know, they all they did was have a recording of his voicemail right, with the beep and... They would just play the audio of, they'd play a fake phone ringing, a sound effect of a phone ringing, a sound effect of the voicemail coming on, and then they'd leave these nasty messages, which they never actually left in real life. But you bought it. I bought it hook, line, and sinker, and I bought it completely until I started working for Ron and Fez when I started thinking back to all these things. And I also asked my friend who was producer at the time about that. They go, yeah, no, it was on a cart. You know, back when we had carts, right. <laughs> it was a cart that had ringing of the Trent Dilfer voicemail, which was his real voicemail. Right. But they called it once and recorded it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I was like, "Wow! Like, what other things have I been hearing all this time?" Yeah. So that's why, probably, when I was asking Warren Sapp about it in the locker room, and I'm like, "Oh, you go on that show, and they're very anti Trent Dilfer, and isn't that bad for team chemistry?" And they leave all his all these messages on his voicemail. He was just like, get away from me, you dweeb. No wonder he wanted to kill you. <laughs> just get lost. You idiot. You dope. Yeah, so I just think, and, and some people have, are incredibly brilliant at it. Uh, this guy, um, the hell was his name? Phil Hendry used to do a show that was initially on just in Miami at, at uh, WIOD, which was a big talk station in Miami mm-hmm. many years ago. And then he was uh, on Premier Radio Networks. He used to do a show where he was on, and it worked best when he was on all over the country because he was on at night when a lot of stations took these types of programs, national programs, and he just did a general talk show, but he would be he would be the host and then he would be the caller too. Hmm. He had some setup on his microphone where he could sound like he was a caller. So he would set up a topic, then he would take a call 
by somebody saying something outrageous, and then he would fight with the caller, but he was the caller. That's and then, brilliant. And then he would get actual reaction from actual callers who didn't know this gimmick mm-hmm. of what his show was. And it was so interesting. The, the one I remember most is California. This was at the time when California was like the first state to have no smoking in restaurants. And he took a call from a guy, but it was him, saying, hey, I'm, I'm still allowing smoking. I don't think smoking causes cancer. That was his take. <laughs> so, of course, he was taking phone call after phone call of people who, who have lung cancer from smoking, who lost people in their lives from smoking. And he, as the host, is defending the caller, saying, yes, you're right. Smoking does cause cancer. And at the same time, he's the caller arguing back to these people that there's no such thing as lung cancer and cigarettes. And did was, he um did he at one time uh eventually reveal his gimmick well, or people so, figured it out? No, well, so what would happen is once a year, one show a year, somewhere around Christmas time or between Christmas and the new year, he used to reveal what his show was. He would do it once a year, but that was it. And this is before internet, before chat boards and message boards and all this stuff. So if you caught that, the show was now interesting to hear from that perspective of you know it's fake and how people are going to react. And if you didn't catch that show, you didn't know what was going on. And that was a perfect time to do it because that's a time when most people's right. listening habits yes. change drastically. Plus, being a, a national show, you got put on all these little radio stations all around America, Not some in big cities, some in small towns, and those people would call in. And it was really and, – and, and not until you knew what he was doing – when you listened, could you hear that he never talked over the caller that he was? Hmm. Yes, that would be a giveaway if you knew what to listen for. Right. And supposedly Howard Stern was such a huge fan, although I've never heard him mention him on the air, that when Howard would vacation in California, he would go in and watch this guy do this show. Wow. Because that's how interesting it was. And was yeah. Howard Howard at that point? Yeah, Howard. This was 1990s Howard. Oh, well, like, that peak Howard. Peak Howard. Yeah, that's why I was shocked like they never have had that guy on the show or anything. But I think you could find his stuff on YouTube, his old stuff. But he's not still working. He's working, but he's like he's like us become such like a one of those like super anti Trump guys. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do what he used to do, which was just like fun social issues like smoking in restaurants and things like that. But it's interesting if you Hendry is spelled H E N D R I E Phil Hendry. Now he wasn't the the famous Miami host that was uh, was openly gay. Or no, that was a, Neil Rogers. Okay, but same radio station. Like that was a legendary wow. talk station. That's the, power. Yeah, W I O D. I don't know if they were on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at W I O D at one point also was like one of the early Rush Limbaugh stations. Like they were a very influential talk station in america and speaking of smoking in restaurants and the yeah. whole people walking around with bubbles it it comes back to the samsy the samsy again <laughs> which i showed gina just this weekend funny you mentioned that i was in such a a, a pissy mood yeah i and she was like oh you're so such an you're being so annoying i was like you know what i just need to watch a few funny clips on the internet and i'll be in a good mood and i immediately thought of tom green and I showed her the Samsy, which was some sort of self-contained smoking apparatus. Yes. But I said, well, how great would this be now with coronavirus? It's It was a clear box that Tom Green walked around in and went into restaurants where you're not allowed to smoke. And he would smoke in his 
Samsy. And speaking of setup or not setup, <laughs> yes. I don't for me watching it and by the way, this is so strange. I uh googled that and uh, and had Marion watch it cuz we were something came up really? about these bubbles coming, you know, people walking around in bubbles. Yeah. I said it's like the Samsy. She's like, "What?" Right. So I, I googled it, you know, and I did the same exact thing with I wasn't in a bad mood, but I just right. was reacting to something we saw. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" So we we watch that, and it, but same, uh, very strange that you and I both yeah. watched uh, and watched uh, made our significant others watch yeah. the Samsy. By you the way, like, the Samsy. I enjoyed it a lot more than she did. I'm yep, sure same here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I was like, "Okay, maybe you want to see Undercutter's Pizza <laughs> instead." So I showed her that. Then she was like looking at the Tom Green videos, and she's like, "What's the Slutmobile?" I go, "You would not enjoy that." Yeah. One. And, and speaking of of fake or not fake, when when I was watching that, I got the sense that these restaurant owners or store owners were not in on the joke. No. From the look in their eyes, they just wanted to kill him. Yeah, they were never in on the joke. And in fact, MTV one time did a, a like a behind the scenes special with Tom Green, mm-hmm. and they talked to like the producers who used to have to like they would film this. Then they'd have to go back and get releases from the restaurants or for anybody that they goofed on in order for it to be shown on MTV. Mm. And first, and they said there used to be, ultimately they would pay them if they had to get to that, but they, they, they tried negotiating in the beginning, like, oh, this was just a goofy show, you'll be on TV, could you just sign this? And they said a lot of times people would sign it, but in particular, the undercutter's pizza, the guy that was chasing them down with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. They had to pay that guy. I'm sure. Because they knew it was such great video, and he would not sign off on it because he was so pissed off. And then the people that he used to stick the the dog poop. That one I could not find online. Really? Yeah, I could not find the dog poop uh, microphone online, where he went to New Jersey and put dog poop on the end of a microphone and asked people questions. Oh, that's, that's one of my favorites. And we, when when you and I, when we had Tom Green in studio one time, you and I were talking to him prior to him going on the air, mm-hmm. and we were asking him about that. And do you remember he was saying like you could never pull that off now because now everybody has a camera, but back then he said if you ask somebody questions and you had a camera, you were like a legit. You were legit, right? You were legit, so people respected the microphone and the camera, and they wanted to answer your questions, even if there was dog do on the end of the microphone. Yes, yeah, and they would hang in there. They would just, like, you know, and he kept moving it closer. <laughs> right, they would back up, and the question was, he just kept going, what's the best part about living in New Jersey? <laughs> Oh, that but guy the, was classic. But you could, but again, there's you know, with all the health issues, you could yeah, not no, get no. away with that today. No. And then uh, I know, like, I always like, well, what really happened with Tom Green? You know, Jackass came out when, like, I I think Tom had, I know he had testicle cancer, so he had to leave the show for a while. Then Jackass came out, and those guys really ramped it up, mm-hmm. right? Like, I always felt like Tom Green ramped it up from Letterman going out with the cameras. Yes. Yeah, like Tom Green ramped that up, and then these guys ramped it up even more, like bodily functions and yeah. just disgusting, really injuring themselves. Yeah, yes. But I love Tom. I feel like to, to me, Tom Green was such an influential show back then. You didn't watch it when it was on MTV, did you? No, I did not. I yeah. only kind of you kind of turned me on to some of it, and yeah. you know, I had seen bits and pieces, but I guess 
you know, it didn't really capture me until later on. Yeah. When it was too late. Yeah, and I always, it's funny, I always, like, I always wanted to do the interview with Tom Green when we would have him in because Mm -hmm. that was a booking that I wanted for myself and the hosts never were that interested in it. No, no, they did not. They Whatever it is about Tom Green, they did not get. Yeah, they did not get or didn't care about it. Like, you and I, I feel like you and I did a really great interview with him before he went on with Boomer and Carton at the time. And and then another one of those kind of, well, it's a different kind of show, but... Uh, sort of a comedy troupe kind of a show. Yeah, is the, uh, the kids in the hall? I always loved. For See that, I reason. never really watched, and I don't know why. Yeah, I, I, I like. Now, some of it does not hold up. Yeah, but a lot of it does, and that was that was uh, that was early Comedy Central, like early nineties. I think it was on Comedy Central, and I used yeah. to watch a lot of Comedy Central back in the day for whatever reason, which I, I never watch now. Yeah, me neither. Um, that was like uh, that. That channel when it first came out, like that was very people were into it. Yeah, and there was a show that John Stewart was on before he became a megastar. Yeah, was uh, the Short Attention Span Theater. Oh yeah, I never watched that either. I used to watch it every day, <laughs> which is weird because I don't like stand up generally. Yeah, but I guess it was just sort of the highlight. I don't know, whatever, whatever it was it captured me. Yeah. Yeah, I used to love that. I, I I feel like I did watch some Kids in the Hall, but not a like. I feel like I caught on to that late, and then they were gone, and it was prior to YouTube of me finding things on YouTube. But mm-hmm. I did then used to watch that. One of the guys started on the TV show News Radio, which I used to watch. Mm-hmm. He was on that, and then uh, I I got a, into a lot of these Comedy Central shows because of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, which Comedy Central picked up, and this was this was pre-internet, um, and uh, and I just saw a lot of different promos for these other shows, and so I I would watch them, but it would all started because I was a big Mystery Science Theater yeah. fan, which you you were not into, correct? Yeah, I, I didn't get into that either, which I'm surprised. Yeah, but you real that's you really have to have nothing to do for about two hours, and, yeah. Uh, be patient because it's not like you know it, a lot of the stuff is very subtle um you know but they would do bits in between the the movie clips but uh one of my favorite all-time shows yeah that and uh see i used to love beavis and butthead which to me was simple mm-hmm. humor as exactly well. but occasionally subtle occasionally yes. <laughs> right and that's what i was looking for occasionally subtle humor exactly all right eddie now let's do the warm-up show which jerry did from east lansing michigan and he did it i don't even know if you're aware he did I am. he did it on qgo which i uh, an app which i he sounded great he I, I heard a little bit of an echo where did you able to detect that on the air do you think uh well it was no it was not detectable on the air but one thing that i if you're very keen radio file there was um, a slight delay just yeah. like a second, not even a second, maybe a quarter second. Yeah, quarter second. Which, you know, you kind of cause a little bit of stepping on each other a little bit. Yes. But, um, you know, which the Comrex doesn't have to really go behind the fourth wall. Right. But uh, it was, I don't know if it was because it was early and nobody in the uh, Best Western or wherever the <laughs> hell they're saying was up uh, right. at the time. Uh, but uh, no drop whatsoever at all with the wi-fi so he right. uh very lucky yeah that was good that was very lucky and tomorrow he'll be doing it from his home 
in Correct. New Jersey. Uh, but then CeeLo will do the, the show itself, the updates on the show, because Jerry, I guess, is getting in very late or very early uh, tomorrow. Like, uh, yeah, he's going to be landing about like between 3 and 4 in the morning <laughs> and then going home. And going home and, and doing the warm-up show. Doing the warm-up show and then going to bed. And then so, going to bed. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, so then, uh, and then you'll do post game podcast again tomorrow. Absolutely, yes. I have an interesting story tomorrow about the Colosseum in Rome. Okay, and what they want to do with it in the future. I want to get your take on it. This is an interesting old place. So we'll do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Until then, we will see you. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. and Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I would agree with that, as a matter of fact. What do you say is Tuesday morning, usually in New York City, but today, well, not so much. He's down in Bradley Beach. His name is Albert Butchie Dukes. Good morning, Albert. How are you? Good morning, Jerry. Where are you? Where in the world is Jerry Recco? <laughs> well, I'm not in the studio at Hudson Street like I usually am. All right. I'm in East Lansing, Michigan. East Lansing, Michigan. Rutgers, Michigan State tonight, yes. And I understand looking for property, a little rental property, something you can vacation in the summer, Jerry, in East Lansing? (laughs) Dude, not here. What goes on in East Lansing? Nothing. I would think college kids usually, right now though, it looks like all businesses are shut down, aside from like takeout and maybe a CVS at a Walgreens, and it's just quiet. It's very strange. Very, very strange. And you're there for Rutgers, Michigan State. That goes on tonight, or did that happen last night, Jerry? I'm so confused. Nope. They, they will tip off just after 9 p.m. tonight, Al. 9 p.m., so nice and early. Yeah. I'll be an uh, hour into well, my not sleep. so much. I'll be an hour yes, into they, sleep by the time that kicks off. And Eddie will be into the rim by like three hours already. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, we have so much going on today. We heard from uh, Joe Judge yesterday. We heard from Christopher Johnson yesterday. Uh, we heard from various people around the NFL, people wanting interviews, people wanting to interview people, yeah. a lot going on. But let's start off, Jerry, with Mr. Joe Judge, who uh, I think Giants fans are now even more excited about because he essentially wants to go down to uh, take the turnpike, head down to Philadelphia, put Doug Peterson in a headlock and punch him right in the face. Good old wrestling style. Yeah, you know, I like, I love what he did because it was very passive aggressive. You know, it was. I love passive aggressive. I know you do. That's why you and Eddie get along so well. Um, I like it because he was also very upfront by saying, we didn't get it done. You know, at the end of the day, it's on us. It's not on them. But while I'm at it, let's take some shots at them. So I love what he did. I think it's great. You know, you asked yesterday what the bigger story would be. And we did say it was the Eagle thing, although to me, and I I will continue to say this, 
you're a six and ten football team. You got to be better than that. And if you're putting it on someone else at six and ten, go back and look at go find another win in those ten losses, and you probably you're not in that situation. But I do like the way he went about it. The thing that I found really intriguing from reading all the papers and all the stories yesterday was not only the Giants killing the Eagles and the other teams and all that. How about the story about the two Eagle players that had to be restrained from attacking Peterson yesterday verbally because they were so annoyed? It said there were two defensive players on the Eagles who wanted a little brouhaha with Mr. Doug Peterson. So, yeah, so Joe Judge uh, met with the media yesterday. Uh, He said there's a couple quotes, Jerry, one of them about what the Eagles did, quote, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything they can to help those players win. We will never do that as long as I am the head coach of the New York Giants. Yes, now I will say, just be careful. You don't want that to come back and bite you at some point. Oh, it's not. In your tenure. But I thought in the moment, it's a great quote. Love it. You know, it's not absolutely right. And that's fine. And now everybody's already fired up for Eagles Giants next year because they think there's going to be a lot of fisticuffs, some uh, fists flying on the sidelines, some late hits on quarterbacks, Jerry. Maybe Doug Peterson accidentally gets someone shoved into him. Things are going to (laughs) happen. It probably should be the Thursday night opening game. Yeah, it could be. You never know. I mean, with the way things ended, I don't know if it'll be the third. How oh. about this? Start Monday night football with it. Oh, the, there I don't, you, go, you Jerry. don't want to start Thursday night football with two bad teams. What? That's you true. Don't. You're right. You know what? That's a Monday night football game. Dun yes. dun dun dun. And it's a good one. Yeah, it'd be a good one. It's a. It's a. What do they call those games when it's NFC East versus NFC East? A division rivalry game. Exactly, Jerry. A division rivalry game. I do like it. Did you see Logan Ryan's quote? Logan Ryan? I did not see that. So Logan Ryan, the kid from Rutgers, good player, got the extension. I think it was Christmas Day. Uh, Peter King. Peter King? Peter Um, King. He caught up with him, yes, Sunday night afterwards. Now, we had all the quotes yesterday from, you know, Eli Manning and Saquon Barkley and all these people that were, you know, mortified at what they saw Philadelphia doing. So Peter King goes to Logan Ryan, and he was, I guess I got him on the phone call, and Logan Ryan basically says, I know you probably want more from me, but, you know, when you win six games, we're not going to sit here and judge another team. I love that. I think that's Mm. great. Put the accountability on yourself. That is awesome. That is the other thing, too. So Gettleman's coming back, according to the New York Post, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think it's year two for Joe Judge. You saw things you liked out of Judge. The team wasn't great but made strides. That's fine. So you keep Gettleman. That's good. Um, But this notion that they had this great season because they were in the mix week 17, I'm one of those people you criticized because I do feel like they are headed in the right direction. I do like what I saw out of Joe Judge. I do feel like the quarterback has potential. Blah, 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 blah. And I think defensively they got better. There are things I can point to and say the Giants are headed in the right direction. But they were 6-10, and and this notion that they were playing meaning, that's like, that would be like telling a Met fan who for all those years, the Wilpons said, just give me meaningful baseball in September. That would be like telling me the Mets went 72-90. and But because the division stunk, they were playing meaningful games in September that they were a good team. In the mix, got to have it. (laughs) Well, yeah, that would put you in the mix, I guess, if the rest of the division stunk. But it doesn't mean you're a good team. 
I was looking to see if we could get a fist fight going. You know, there's a lot of like boxing has turned into just like YouTube people fighting boxers. If I could get Joe Judge versus Doug Peterson, I was looking. Uh, Doug Peterson is 52. Joe Judge Joe only Judge 39. Uh, yeah, 30, he turned 39 just uh, New Year's Eve. He's a New Year's Eve baby, oh, okay. Jerry. So that would not be a fair fight because Joe Judge would win that. But it is refreshing that most of these guys, you know, head coaches and quarterbacks in particular, they don't say anything interesting ever. So to come out and say that the Eagles disrespected the game, the game we love, Jerry, they disrespected the game of football, (laughs) it was something. There was something, and it was also something on a Monday after the regular season ends when usually all you get are a few coaches being fired and a look ahead to the playoffs. Right. So it was good. It was good. This Joe Judge, I do. I like this guy. Me too. I want to play for him, Jerry. I want to play for Joe Judge. You might even take a softball off your ankle well, and continue on because no, I of think, Joe Judge. I think Joe Judge would understand when he saw a deep bone bruise that I need to rest. He would understand. <laughs> no. That's why I like him. I think he would understand, Jerry, and he'd badmouth whoever it is that hit me in that leg. We also heard from Christopher Johnson on what could only be described as the worst telephone connection I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm sitting here in Bradley Beach, New Jersey, Jerry, in a small condo with a retired Greyhound, and I sound terrific. How is it that yeah. the New York Jets cannot still cannot figure out how to get a nice clear-cut sound to the media? Well, it's not just the Jets. It's every I mean, team with these conference calls. I mean, you're in East Lansing, you're in East Lansing, Michigan, Jerry, in a in a hotel motel 6. I'm not a, not in a motel 6. That is not true. With truckers. Wrong. Wrong. And you sound Wrong. terrific. Well, I think it's the conference call that they are de- that they are dealing with. I don't know why you wouldn't put them on a Zoom conference to make it sound and look better. Um, if it was a conference call, that's a, all year long. Even you know, day after game, a lot of times, even with the Giants and Daniel Jones or whoever they would put on the conference calls, the audio is terrible. We played yeah. it all year long. So uh, to me, the mistake would be not putting him on a clear video conference. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear from him too, because that's a voice you don't hear from other than a quote here and there in a newspaper. Um, and now they've got to make the biggest decision that they've made in years, at least two years. That is, and that's finding a head coach again. Now they said, uh, Christopher Johnson says that they want a head coach, Jerry, that the entire team that that's focused on the entire team. In other words, he's not looking for an offensive coach. He's not looking for a defensive coach. He's looking for a coach to have it all. Jerry, is there a coach out there that has it all? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, you know, oh. we see all the we see the names. I know they're not sexy to you. I did bring up in the podcast yesterday, and I don't know why I didn't think about it when we were talking about it yesterday morning. Jim Harbaugh is a name that I do think a lot of fans would be excited about. Um, but in terms of having a CEO type of coach, I will continue to say if you put good people around you, I don't think you have to be the type that is – you know, that can't be leaning towards offense or defense. I think you can, but you have to have the right people in place to take care of the other side, and you do have to oversee it. Like, you can't turn a blind eye to the one. Like, I know the the knock on Rex was he took care of the defense, and whatever happened offensively wasn't his problem. Eh, Not his problem, but he didn't really concern himself with it. That's fine if you've got the right guy in place and you oversee it a little bit. 
Um, so I think there are ways you can go where it doesn't have to just be the CEO type. But I don't, you know, with the candidates that are out there, I don't know what direction this team's going in because you've got, you know, you're going to have another high draft pick. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. You've got a lot of money. I think they have nine draft picks. You need to like win games next year. I'm not saying you got to be a Super Bowl team next year, but you can't be two and fourteen next year. I don't care who it is as a first year coach. Got to be better. Now I don't. I don't know what's going on with Jim Harbaugh because very early on we heard his name bantied about. I have not seen his name in the news now in a a number of days, and this is after the football season ends. This is after Black Monday, as we call it in the NFL. Now you're in East Lansing, Michigan. I don't know how far you are from where Jim Harbaugh lives. But if you got nothing to do today, you don't have anything to do today, Jerry, before Rutgers tip off tonight. Maybe, maybe dig. Just dig, Jerry. Talk to the people out there. See what <laughs> his take... thinking is. Because that's <laughs> a sexy name. An, I thought you wanted me to take an Uber car to Ann Arbor and find him. Yeah. And see what he wants to do. It, the, the funny thing to me is with Harbaugh, the rumor really had been that he would either leave for the NFL or Michigan would kick him out because it hasn't gone so great. Get out. And yet, you're right, very quiet. I don't know that he's going anywhere. Very um, quiet. But if a team came knocking, I mean, I think you got to listen, don't you? And you offer him a ton of money. I, the, I, I don't know. That's the guy I think I would go after. If the teams are a rock and don't come a knocking, Jerry. They used to say that about yes. 70s vans. <laughs> yes, that was the that was the sign on the van. Yeah. Now, Woody Johnson is not expected to be involved in the coaching hire. Do you believe that, or is that fake news sad? You know, it's funny. I thought about this yesterday because I saw that, and my first thought was, you know, okay, that's interesting. And then I thought, no, that's right. He's been in Europe for the last how many years? <laughs> he doesn't know what the – and don't tell me, well, he's online on the computer. He knows – he doesn't know what's going on. Right. He shouldn't be involved. And I don't even think, I think Joe Douglas needs to make this call. Now, I'm not saying you don't go get final approval from the owner. At the end of the day, the owner's the one that's footing the bill. He's going to pay the contract out. He's got to be the one to sign the check. So that's all good. But I don't need or want the owner, and I know the Cowboy situation is different because the owner's the GM, basically. But all around you know, the NFL... The owner should not be the one making the decision. The GM, that's why you hired the guy to go make these decisions and make these hires, and you just approve it, and you sign the check, and away you go. And if it fails miserably, it's on the GM. Right. Then you blame him and fire his ass. Yes, of course. Get and, well, out. I don't want anybody to be fired. I don't like people being fired. Oh, but, yes, I, I mean, do. that's – you're the. I know you love a good firing. You <laughs> – Hire Joe Douglas, mm -hmm. let Joe Douglas do his job now. And here's the thing with Douglas. The coach will be on his watch, and now the quarterback will be. I know he's not the one that took Sam Darnold, but if he decides to keep Darnold, at that point now, you can't say Darnold plays poorly next year. Well, now it's time for Joe Douglas to go get his quarterback. No, 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 no. This is his opportunity to make a decision on the quarterback and tie himself to that position and the head coach. So this is a crucial year. I actually do think they're going to have a good offseason, and I do think they're going to turn it around and be a, at least a competent football team next year. I think you're going to see one of these, you know, not worse to first. I'm not saying that. But I think you'll see them go from a two-win team to like a team that hovers right around 500, and you'll see a marked improvement. Interesting. Christopher Johnson also said of Sam Darnold, big fan, but not my decision. 
Well, yeah, then good. Then the head coach shouldn't be his decision either. Exactly. Christopher Johnson, he's an interesting fellow because aside from yesterday, we don't know anything about him. It was kind of like, all right, Woody's gone. Oh, no, what are they going to do? Oh, his brother's going to step in. Woody's got a brother? And it's like all of a sudden he's in charge of an NFL team. Weird. I, w- I wish I had a brother that ran an NFL team and I could step right in and take right over. You wish this you had is a Al. brother that was rich that would just pay yes. your bills for you. Not pay my bills, but give me one of those jobs that I really don't have to do anything and then just pay. That, and, and then what are you going to do with that money? Pay your bills. Pay my bills. Hence, your brother's paying your bills for you. In a roundabout way. Yes, roundabout, Jerry. You legit just said you want a brother to give you a job that you don't have to do anything so you can collect a paycheck. Got it. Yes. Jerry, when we come back, I have an idea of how we can uh, get all these coaches hired for all of these vacancies. That will be easier oh. than what they're currently doing. We have an Al Duke's NFL plan. Oh, I'm excited to hear an this. An NFL right, game so plan. Break, yep. Our f- first break of the hour, and then I hear the Boomer and Geo are back in studio oh, today. That's pretty cool. They will join us at 6 o'clock right here on The Fan. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. So you know what that means. Court is back in session with Queens of the Court, a WNBA podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll bring you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court, free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, brand new for 2021. So much better than the lame-ass 2020 version. He doesn't say that right. 25 after 5. Well, that's happened before. What are you going to do? Things happen. Always weird, Al, (laughs) when I hear Karen Stewart give me a traffic report on a town just a few away from where I live. Yeah, because we think, like, we're in the suburbs. We shouldn't have traffic. No traffic in Middletown, but apparently there's traffic in Middletown. I want to play a game. You tell me if you want to do the game first or your tease into the break. All right, Jerry. Football related. I love a football game. A football game. All right, you ready? This is the new game. We call it Friend or Foe. Friend or Foe. Hit the production. I didn't know we don't have any production. Okay. Friend or Foe. So I know you love Red Zone Channel. Love it. Were you on Red Zone Channel about, I want to say, 7 p.m. still on Sunday? The games are pretty much decided. I think the Tennessee game might have just ended when they go to San Francisco-Seattle. Did you see the end of this game? The end of San Francisco-Seattle? I'm not sure. Yeah, because it was really nothing. But what struck my eye, and I did. I said it to my wife as I was watching it. Seattle's winning the game by three. San Francisco's out of timeouts, and there's like 40 seconds to go, and it's like first down. So all they got to do is take a couple of knees, and the game's over. And Russell Wilson lines up his offense, and he throws an out pattern pass to a wide receiver named David Moore. And the announcers are like, what are they doing? And then, you know, they take a look at the sidelines. Everybody's laughing, and then they take a knee, and the game's over. Well, it turns out this David Moore has a contract of $825,000 this year. If he had 35 receptions, he gets a $100,000 bonus. David Moore had 34 receptions, and Russell Wilson decided, quick throw, you'll get your bonus. Friend for sure of the wide receiver is he now a foe of the owner who has to pay out $100,000 for a garbage time 
pass. Yeah, I I don't like these things, and my man Scott Hansen loves this stuff. To me, it just spits in the face of uh, your everyday worker, commuter, guy who's making 50 grand a year, that, oh, that catch just gave him a bonus of $500,000. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, because there was a lot of that going on. There was a lot, yes. oh, and he's so, Scott Hansen is the happiest man I've ever seen. He's Loves like, oh, job. if uh, Andy Dalton throws another touchdown pass, he'll get a half a million dollars. I don't. Andy Dalton had a million dollars. That was it. A million dollars. That was it. He had yeah. a million dollar bonus. They were talking about that. I don't like to hear that because I just think of the guy who's uh, uh, struggling to put food on the table, Jerry. And uh, I just don't like to, I just don't like when they shove money in our face and I and I know that all these guys are hardly highly paid but when they're already highly paid and then you go oh if he makes one more completion he'll hit his bonus I hate that in relatable news James Harden turned down a 50 million dollar year extension <laughs> <laughs> yes also very well, relatable I do agree with you you're not wrong I do think in this case this is a little known receiver who in football terms, is not making a fortune. He's not making $8 million a year. He's making, I mean, he basically got one-eighth of his salary, you know, of a bonus. Yeah. And I do think for him, who may not have a long NFL career, I thought that was pretty cool, but I get your point, mm. that you don't need to hear these guys making, right. you know, our salaries with one play. I know right. what you're saying. with one catch. You didn't answer the question, friend or foe? To the uh, owner? Yeah. I'm going to say friend still because uh, okay. the, the owners will probably think like, oh, this is a feel-good story. Look at me being feel-goody feel goody about this. All right. If you were Russell Wilson, one more for you on this. You've got a huge contract. Mm -hmm. If he throws that ball high and wide and it's incomplete, don't you kind of owe it to him to sign the check yourself? Yes, but these guys never look at it that way. They well, never want to give their own money out. You're probably right about but that. But you're right. He they would owe him. I'd be like... I'd come back to the huddle and be like, dude, that was a $100,000 ball you just <laughs> sailed over my head. Can you and Ciara That's give funny. me some cash? That's right. I forgot he's married to her. Yeah. God, they got to be worth $100 million a year. Absolutely. <laughs> Jerry, with, with all these job openings now in the NFL, because there are a number of them now, uh, and you see just like yesterday's uh, NFL news was just like, this team's requested permission to talk to this guy, blah, 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 blah. Why don't we do an old school job fair style where every team that has an opening <laughs> gets a table like the Jets? Put and him that in a school cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. That way a guy like Eric Bieniemy doesn't have to be flying all over the place. He could just go to the Jets table, the Chargers table. The Jaguars table and do it well, all in one, of, one shot. There's a lot of, and, and this is where people wonder about, I don't know if it was Sal or G that I was talking to last week when I was hosting for Boomer. They were talking about enough with these coordinators. Well, yes. you know what? That's all you're hearing so far are all these coordinators that are getting interviews. I like the one, and I did, I did tweet at him and respond, the one from Adam Schefter, that the, you know, the offensive coordinator from the Titans is going to get, like, looks. And I'm thinking, boy, if the Jets hire this guy, unless Derrick Henry's coming with him, ugh. Right. I'm not saying he's done a bad job. He's been fine. And Ryan Tannehill's been – he's been good. But that's not a name. You asked yesterday for, like, exciting names. Yes. That's not one. No, I'd never heard of that guy because I looked him up too, and I was like, who is this clown? But yeah, Eric Eric Bieniemy, I will can almost guarantee, Jerry, that he is going to go to the Chargers. 
because this is a guy who's been uh, his name has been around for a number of years now and he everyone's like well he had Patrick Mahomes yeah and now he could get Justin Herbert yeah sure so, could which is already a guy who has proved he can do it in the NFL not like uh, oh but he could go to the Jets and get Trevor Lawrence we don't know if he's going to be anything so My I have only a feeling question would be money for the Chargers and Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, like if he can get. So I also saw today that Jason Garrett is going is likely to interview with the Chargers. Yes, that's a possibility. That'd be a great job for him. I agree. Um, my question would be if Eric Bieniemy is highly sought after, and I would think this year he might be. Yes. You know, I don't think he's just going to go settle for the first job that he's offered. You know, if let's say. And I'm just throwing this out there. If the Jets offer him ten million dollars a year, and you know the Chargers are offering five, it's I don't know. I don't I don't know that your point is well taken with the quarterback, but I don't know that it's a slam dunk because I do think there's other factors that go into it. But I do think the Chargers is a good job. It's a good team that should have won more games than they did this year. They got a really good quarterback. They're in a really cool stadium. They're in uh, in Los Angeles, high profile. They've got cool Sounds uniforms, lovely, Jerry, which also takes uh, – if I was a head coaching candidate, I'd be like, what are the uniforms going to look like this year? That's very important to me as a head coach as well. They I think don't the Chargers the is the number one job, and I would take less it money. Is- I wouldn't take half the money, though, like you're saying, but I would take less money to go to the Chargers than the Jets or the Jags or any of these other – you know, kind of scrub teams we got out there. What are there? I'm blanking out on this. What are there any other openings out there yet? You've got the Jaguars, the Jets, the Chargers. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Right, Peterson staying. Falcons, yeah, because they because they have interim head coaches. Right. I see. I kind of in my head I was thinking Raheem Morris was staying in Atlanta, but you're right. They have not made that decision just yet. The Lions, right, interim head coach. They don't have a quarterback. That's not very attractive. Right. Um, that's a good one. That, Texans. Yeah, Atlanta's. Hmm. Chargers. No, you might be right, Al. The Chargers might be the best job. The best job out there. Yeah, and, and others are saying it, Jerry. I'm not going to take credit for that one, but I just feel like Eric Bieniemy first. I I just feel like Eric Bieniemy knows that you have to go somewhere with a proven NFL quarterback, and Justin Herbert proved this year that he is a top young quarterback. Guy threw yeah, 30 touchdown these other passes. And these other places, who knows about Matthew Stafford? Who knows about Matt Ryan? The Jets right. don't have a quarterback yet. They, well, I shouldn't say that. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. And the Jaguars, as we know, will have uh, Trevor Lawrence, or at least we assume that. But it is also these rumors about Urban Meyer going there. So that job could be gone even before, you know, anybody. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But Urban, yeah, it's interesting. Look at Urban Meyer wants $12 million immediately. Yeah, and if I'm Shad Khan, who's worth. Two Shaka billion. Khan. If that's the guy, you pay him. Yeah, here's your twelve million. It'll be in a suitcase Look, in Jacksonville. I got to tell you, I'm impressed by you today. Why is that, Jerry? Like you're breaking it down like a mm-hmm. sports talk that's show host. Right. That's what I do here. I don't know. Either if that you've or you ripped off other people's opinions. <laughs> no, as soon as I saw, <laughs> I just know. Like Eric Bieniemy's not made a move. And I know he's because he's been waiting for a team with like a young, like you mentioned, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. To me, those dudes are old. Like, I don't know how much more they got left in the tank, but Justin Herbert, that's a guy you want to pair yourself with as your first head coaching job. I would. You feel bad at all for Tyrod Taylor? I do because I, I saw him on, um, 
on uh, Hard Knocks, and he was, was a very nice guy. Yes, and he and I'm not saying he would have he wouldn't have lost his job anyway because yeah. at some point if they weren't winning games, they would have made the switch this season. But my God, the way he lost his job, right? I, I you can't even make it up. Like Punctured if I told you alone. before the year. Right, Tyrod Taylor is going to get a, uh, you know, going to take a needle and it's going to puncture something in his body, and he's going to be out and he loses his job. You would have told me I was nuts. Yeah, and sorry, we, we accidentally hit your lung with this needle. Oh my God, really oh, unbelievable! All right, we got to take a break midway oh, through the lungs. hour, of course. Ooh, I got a I buzz, know. no buzz coming up, Jerry. Buzz, no oh. buzz. So we played friend or foe already. Mm-hmm. Buzz, no buzz yes. on the other side of this break. Boomer and Geo at six on the fan. Al and Jerry, number one with people in cars stuck in traffic on the LIE and the Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. 20 in front of six. <laughs> because most days, that's what you're dealing with. Al and Jerry with you until the top of the hour. And before the break, Al said something that I like. A little buzz, no buzz. Is this right, Mr. Dukes? I got a little buzz, no buzz for you, Jerry. Buzz, no buzz. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. End production. Love it. Love it. Love it. So the way this works, Jerry, if, if people are new here in, in uh, 2021 to the show, a lot of people uh, join new programs starting the fresh new year. It's one of the resolutions they make. Let me find something else to listen to in the morning. So if you're welcoming, uh, if we're welcoming you here for the first time to Buzz No Buzz, I throw out a topic. Jerry tells me whether he feels that there is buzz on this topic or no buzz. All right. I like this. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The New York Knicks. I knew you were going to go there. And buzz, actually no to, buzz. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Buzz. Me too. And you know where I even buzz. thought of this, Jerry? Taken to social media this morning, my Twitter feed was filled with people talking about the Knicks. Yeah, because Who's, they are playing like they know what they're doing. They are playing like they're well coached. And I'll give you one name, Emmanuel Quickly. And the Knicks have been waiting for one of these draft picks that they have taken to become something. It hasn't worked out so great with Kevin Knox, we know. R.J. Barrett, you know what? He's showing flashes, and he might be a really good player. But this Emmanuel quickly is making big shots, big free throws. He looks the part. You hear him talk. He seems like a veteran as uh, as young as he is. And you got to like what you see. And Julius Randle's played great, and they're 4-3. and three. Now, it's seven games. Not going to go nuts. But you know what I found interesting? Even a bad team has a good stretch sometimes to start a season. They said through seven games, this is the first time the Knicks have been over 500 in nine years. <laughs> wow. That is unbelievable because even a bad team can start four and three and then lose 10 in a row. No this wonder why there's buzz. Years, there's buzz. And and this does help. I'm not going to lie. The fact, and I, listen, at the end of the day, the Nets are still going to end up winning in my, in my mind 55, 60 games because they'll figure it out. They're too good not to. But it does help that the Nets have lost four or five and the Knicks have won four or five, it helps in terms of your buzz, no buzz, because the Knicks fan all of a sudden is sitting there saying, we're not so bad, are we? They look good. And when I said my uh, Twitter feed was was a buzz with the Knicks, it was mostly Craig, Carton, and uh, Salicata. So it, maybe not a full, <laughs> full, uh, not a full, like, picture of uh, the Knicks, but you're right. And I also see that... Uh, Evan's friend, uh, Kevin Durant, is uh, on a seven-day quarantine 
due to yeah. exposure, which means he's going to miss four games. Yeah, close contact. I think he can come back on January 12th, I believe. But So, I mean, it's it stinks, but at the end of the day, he needed games off because you want to keep him fresh for the postseason, make sure that that, uh, that injury doesn't come back and the surgically repaired Achilles doesn't come back. You know what? He just bought himself a week off. But if he has... And that's the only way you can look at it. If he already had coronavirus, which he did... I'm not sure what are, what are they concerned about. Because you can get it two times. And oh. this notion that you can't get it again is false. I Fake actually know news. people that have had it twice. Really? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you got to have some bad yeah, luck to get corona. you got to have some bad luck to get coronavirus twice. Well, and think about when he had it. He had it in the summer. We were talking now, I think he got it, what, in June, I want to say? We were talking seven, eight months ago now. So it's not like it was just, you know, three weeks ago. How do you get it again? Well, because it was eight months ago and he got it again. Maybe he was hanging so out with Tony did, Romo. Not that he did, but he could. He could, right. So they're being careful. Yeah. And I don't, if you see, you know, again, I, I don't know what to believe because one day you got our governor loosening up restrictions for indoor sports and you start to feel like we're coming out of it. Then you turn the news on and it seems like it's worse than ever. I don't know where we're at with this. I'm confused by everything I read. I mean, L.A., I watched the CBS Evening News last night. L.A. looks like if you step foot in Los Angeles, don't get sick because there's going to be nowhere to go. I mean, they're talking about 0% capacity in hospitals. They showed what? they showed one thing last night, Al, with the refrigerated trucks again taking oh, bodies no. out. It's like, good Lord. I mean, so I'm I'm very confused by where we are at right now. You're right. It is, it is confusing because, like you said, the people are talking about, oh, there's a second wave and it's coming from the UK and it's a different strain. And then Governor Cuomo's like, let's put people at this Bills game. Let's get some uh, Bills fans, Bills Mafia fans out there. Yes, wasn't safe for their first eight games. No. Oh, playoffs. It's okay. Playoffs? Now. And how about this? Yes. How about this, Jerry? There's a uh, NCAA basketball game today between Boston University and Holy Cross will be the first time that two men's basketball teams will be playing a game wearing masks. Yeah, this is interesting to me. So Joe, Joe Jones that? is the is the coach of Boston University. I know him because Joe he was Jones? the coach of Columbia. Yeah, he was the coach oh. of Columbia when I first started in 2006. Great guy. Um, so I thought of him, obviously, immediately when I saw the story. But it's interesting because you've got so many games that have been played already. Yes, there have been some cancellations for sure, but I believe John Rothstein puts out the list every single day of programs on pause and when programs on pause are coming back. And, you know, the numbers, I think right now, the number is 95% of all Division I college basketball teams are playing and they don't have any issues, which is a huge number when you consider there's 350 teams. So if 95% are doing well, I would think that's pretty good. Now I'm with Rutgers. The testing is ridiculous. It's 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 constant. So you have a pretty good idea of if anybody gets it, you're going to know relatively quickly. They must have found some sort of a breathable mask or developed one because I don't know how you play a game that's up and down like that and have a mask on. But if you can do it safely and the kids are going to be good, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I can't even like walk up stairs in a store with a mask on without breathing heavy. Legitimately, I must yeah, have a well, terrible mask. Depends on the one. Like, like I think those you know those surgical masks are very tough, and you can certainly sweat inside them. I have a 
Uh, I have an Adidas mask, which is really good, and I have a Copperfit mask. I find those two to be outstanding. Now, the question comes back to you. When this whole thing, you know, broke, what level of safety am I getting? Because they do, they're very breathable, and I actually feel very functional in them as opposed to what you're talking about. So, uh, you know what? I just hope it works, and I hope we kind of continue down this way. Because, And I don't know if you saw college basketball announced yesterday. The NCAA tournament is going to be held uh, in mostly or, or, or all in Entirely. Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have games from what I from what I read at Purdue, at Indiana, and then at uh, Canseco Fieldhouse, and I think Lucas Oil Stadium. It's going to be all confined Indiana, which is interesting. I love it. Reasons. That's a great basketball state, Jerry. So I love yep. the tournament just being in Indiana. Yeah, it's interesting because they're going to create the bubble. Um, many not bubbles. So interesting if you, yeah, many bubbles, yes. But I think once you go, I don't think you're allowed to leave. I'm not sure. I don't know the details yet. But I can imagine the testing is going to be nuts for that, and rightly so. And I think the good news is, unlike last year, I think they are going to figure out a way to hold a tournament and not be canceled two years in a row. Are they going to play any games at my alma mater, Indiana State University? <laughs> I did not. Does Indiana State have a basketball team? Jerry, Larry freaking Bird is from Indiana State. <laughs> did Only you, the greatest did you basketball announce? player ever. I, mean, that's, I know, but that's not where I'm going. I was trying to get oh. to you announcing. Ba- you know, when you get into this business, you do yeah. your games for your school. Yes. Where I was trying to go was, are there <laughs> Al Dukes lost basketball oh, tapes no. from Indiana State? <laughs> I, had no, I knew I had no ability really? to do play-by-play of basketball. I don't even know what a, what's a foul and what's not a foul. But were you – let me ask you this. When you were yeah. in college, mm-hmm. and I know you went to Kane as well, were you that's right. interested at all in sports radio or was it – it was it purely rock music and stuff like that that you were looking to get into? No, I wanted to do like Howard Stern type shows. So, but when I was a, sports, but when I was a kid, I wanted to be Len Berman and Sal Marciano because that looked like easy work. Like you go on TV, you do sports for five minutes, and you're out. Easy work. <laughs> Although yeah, I always wondered, you know about. Yeah, I always wondered about like. Those guys were would be on the six o'clock news, right? On NBC. And then I'd see them again at the eleven o'clock news. I always wonder, like, what did they do between six and eleven? That's exactly what I was just gonna say. What you're missing out on in a lot of cases. Now look at Bruce Beck. In a lot of cases, they go to a team or teams facility yeah. for practice during the day. They get their own tape and sound. And in and also in some cases, they would go to a game in between right. six o'clock and eleven o'clock. So while you think it was five minutes and out, their days were probably 12 hours long. <laughs> I legitimately pictured like they do the six six o'clock news, then Len Berman, Sue Simmons, and Chuck Scarborough go to lunch or go to dinner. <laughs> they really just relax and they're just like, we got another four hours before we got to get back to NBC. Then they stroll <laughs> in right at around 10 to 11, do the 11 o'clock news and go home. Let me see the copy that I'm going to read from the prompter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just Sue Simmons, Chuck Scarborough, Len Berman, just relaxing at like uh, Beefsteak Charlie's, enjoying the free shrimp. You really minimize that job. <laughs> I didn't know what else they did. Yeah, no, you know what? And if I didn't cover games like I did in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. and saw them out, I probably, you know, as a kid, I probably thought the same thing. 
but I did see them working. And you would see them, I'll never forget, you know, what it was covering the Giants or the Jets. Like you would see them out at camp at 11 a.m. And yeah. then you're right, they'd be doing the 11 p.m. hit <laughs> for, for three minutes. And it's like, boy, you guys work a lot for not much, not much, yeah. I mean, time. No, what else was awesome? George Michael's sports machine on Sunday night. Yeah, when did that finish? I don't know, but that, he, that was a fun program. He was like a local uh, Washington D.C. reporter or a newscaster who also did this national Sunday night show. That was an awesome show. He had the big machine, Jerry. You had to you had to hit all the buttons if you wanted to get your highlights. Yeah, your no, highlight I do. Packages. I remember that. That was one of those things before the internet. You would sit there. It is amazing the way we used to consume highlights in sports. Yes. As opposed to how on demand it is now. Whatever you want, you just type it in and there it is. Like you watch full games now in 15 minutes. Yes. And then on Twitter, you see the play you just missed is right there on the team's Twitter. Yes. Yeah. If there's a big play, you can just type it into Twitter and it pops up. It's amazing people put it in. And the other one, too, is the editing software that these people must have where they put these full game highlights up within three hours of the game ending. Like, don't you have to edit something? Right. Or are they doing it as the game's going on? Or maybe it's robots, robot editing. As soon as they see a commercial, the robot cuts it, cuts the commercials right out. Robots, Jerry. Robots. I know. Robo. Holy smokes. It's, it scares me. We had last week when you were out, they had the the dancing robots from that company out in California. Yes, I saw looks, that. Oh, my God. It is so real. It's scary. It really is. If dancing you robots. intelligence in these things. Oh. Did my you re- also see, did you also see this? Eddie was out where a, I think it was a Harvard scientist, I think said and believed aliens were amongst us once, but no longer. They're gone. The aliens Their time has like, come and gone. Out of here. Out of here. I thought that was interesting. And, of course, Eddie wasn't around. I'm going to have so. dancing robots at my retirement party. Large-breasted <laughs> robot. Yep, large-breasted <laughs> robots dancing at my <laughs> retirement party, doing the electric right, slide. One, one final break as Al practices Hiding that you're making slide. love to a robot. Listen, you do what you have to do, man. You got the Atlantic Ocean that you can stare at while you're doing all of it. So Male sex so robot. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of robot clips, if you're not aware. Yeah, yes, oh, I've mentioned way. robots a lot. Sex chatting with a robot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in that one. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll get your boomer and geo. I've got a robot here that looks exactly like your sister. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> but first, a Radio.com Sports Minute. Not from a robot. No, no, no. But from the great Amy Lawrence. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, final minute or so against Boomer and Geo. We did hear from the Jets yesterday, heard from the Giants yesterday, and another win for the Knicks. What else you got, Al? Chase Young, Jerry, he says, Tom Brady, I'm coming for you. I'm looking forward to this, actually. Me too. I don't think, I don't know that Washington can win the game, but I do think that they can make this very interesting and make it very uncomfortable for Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady is one of these dudes that legitimately gets rid of the ball with him. Your like, home for oh, every come on, NFL bro. playoff game is the fan. <laughs> 